Welcome to the Cybersecurity and Cloud Podcast, the podcast where we learn from cybersecurity experts how to stay safe, private, and secure on the cloud and in code. CSCP is hosted by Francesco Cipollone, your cybersecurity friend with a passion for all things cyber and sharing stories of other professionals with you. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Cybersecurity and Cloud podcast. Today, we have a, a friend and a super special uh, guest in the show, Tinesh. Tinesh has been part of a group of fellow crazy startups like us that supported us and helped us growing. Uh, but we bring him to the show to actually uh, um, bring the insight on, on the cybersecurity industry and uh, what he sees in, in, in one of his startup and what he's seen in the industry, in the market, and talk a little bit about cyber and a little bit about what it is to, to get into this crazy world of startup. But without further ado, let me introduce. So Tinesh is an ex-corporate guy, has been spending more or less 15 years in the corporate careers and then decided to <laughs> fundamentally the crazy approach of startup and he's an ex-fujitsu wipro so he just got tired of of uh, akashi uh normal job and then takes the leap into this crazy startup world but without further ado let me introduce welcome to the to the show Tinesh. hi thanks for having me francesco thanks for having me there's probably a good so, summary um, there about 15 years of crazy start, uh, crazy corporate experience. <laughs> Pretty much, I think we've all been there, haven't we? Yes, absolutely. I mean, we, we have we have a similar background. But tell us a little bit more what um, what you see in the market fundamentally. What what made you make the leap? Uh, we we can start probably with what's your view on the market that is traditionally how we start the show. Sure, of course. I mean, look, coming out, being in the market, uh, being in the corporate space is one thing because you always have a corporate lens on. And I think your view is only going to be extended as far as your corporate reaches, I suppose. But when you leave that space and you start connecting and building a wider network of uh, connections into the practitioner side, into the vendor community, into a bit more of a global reach, you I've certainly noticed um, some three or four really interesting things that have been happening in the market. Look, first off, the obvious one is our market is big. <laughs> it's fast, it's crazy, it's noisy, and it's not going to stop in a hurry, right? Um, you know, from the vendors entering the market to the skill shortage, which we keep on hearing a, load about, a lot about, right? And again, you know, that's one that we could probably have an hour discussion on just on that, right? <laughs> What you know, a few things that we've certainly observed and I've observed is just the amount of cybersecurity startups that are coming out into the market. Um, I mean, there are loads. You know, that obviously we have a platform and we 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 log all this stuff, we capture this stuff. But you know, on that note, we see ten to fifteen new cybersecurity startups entering the market, the global market, every single day. And if you wow. think, you know, that is a lot. <laughs> You know, and 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 they're, they're all coming into the market with um, different innovative solutions, a, a different way to um, help um, solve a problem, um, and they bring innovation. And by innovation, I mean they bring automation. So, just recently, I saw a company that came into the market, and traditionally, they're a SOC company. A SOC company, you think of people. They have very little people in the SOC capability or their service offering it's all done by automation and bots 
and only when it gets to sort of level two of the triage, that's when a human gets involved. But that initial level, uh, you know, level one, if you want to call it that, um, is all bots, and it's done over, you know, 24-7 on a global footprint. I mean, how cool and different that is. And listen, it's not for everybody, is it? And people want people um, to manage their um, security, especially if you've got lots of different tools plugging into one kind of overall seam solution, if you will, or log capturing solution. But just the fact that, you know, for cost efficiencies and some of these other things, um, there are some very, very cool tools and services and companies like yourself, to be fair, coming into the market and disrupting it, but in a positive way. I do like that. Yeah, no, that's 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 a good approach and that's a good view. And do you see, which areas do you see the startup world directing? Do you see any hot area, hotbed of um, kind of subject of startup that are doubling down right now? You know, cloud or big data runs on my supply chain. You know, we, we heard this throughout last year and through this year. So what do you think is the hotbed, is, is, is the hot topic that uh, startup are are raising capital or are investing in? Yeah, well, I can answer that in two ways. I can tell you where the investment is going, certainly, but probably more confidently, I can tell you what some of the users are looking for. Clearly, we have a platform that has users and these users are searching mm-hmm. for uh, services and capabilities. And so with that information at hand, I can tell you the sort of four main um areas which within cyber that are searched a lot i mean a lot right um so the first one and and none of these funny enough will be a surprise to you you'll be like well i knew that and i knew that as well and the market will know that and your audience will know that but what what it is it's validated by seven and a half thousand users we've got who are looking for these things so look i'll tell you i'll tell you what they are number one you're 100 right you said it just now cloud Cloud security is big, right? No, no, no surprises there. People want to know who cloud providers are, you know, what it means, what does cloud even mean, you know, and then that transition into cloud and who the vendors are in that space and the service providers. So that's pretty obvious. The next one actually should come as no surprise, but it's um, an easy one. It's pen testing. I mean, it's probably the easiest place to start for a lot of companies. You know, think about it. You've got a you've got a company. I've got a company, right? And if something happens tomorrow, we get audited or something. You know, we need to provide that first layer of security check. It is kind of the easiest yeah. place to start, right? So, pen testing as a service category gets searched. Uh, bucket load on on our platform mm-hmm. i mean you know really i think i could probably just have a, an entire platform just for the number of pen testers and <laughs> service providers out there right so pen testing is number two because it's an easy quick fix i guess for a lot of people mentally why don't we just start there even though there's a debate there i suppose as well uh number two is security education awareness interesting pretty obvious right but if you think about it it makes sense. Where's everybody going, especially with remote and hybrid working systems and with COVID and everyone working at home? It makes sense to have your employees educated now. And there's a lot of providers coming into the market. We are friendly with some of these, as you know, as part of our Great Minds group. <laughs> and, and, and so we know who these people are and we know that they're, they're doing some pretty uh, pretty cool and funky things. But actually, from a search perspective, that, that, that gets looked upon a lot and searched upon a lot. So if you've got a company in that space, I think you're going to be doing well at the moment. And then last but not least, because there's obviously there's a lot of these, but last but not least, it's actually cybersecurity consulting. 
that gets looked um, uh, that that gets searched a lot. Now for us, that's a a, a top level um, service category. So if you break that down, it goes into things like you know app security, incident response, red teaming, you know the the the, the proactive stuff, yeah. cybersecurity consulting, whatever that may mean, because it branches out a bunch of stuff. But at a high level, that gets broken down and searched as well quite a lot quite a number of times by our users so for us i can now you know confidently say based on the research and based on the data and based on the traction we have in the platform they're the things that are looked looked upon before it would have been my answer would have been well look i read this here this influencer or person said this this company came out <laughs> with this stat this report came out with this and i could probably give you a half-baked semi-confident answer right based on my inputs uh, and my understanding of the overall market but actually you know now i can kind of say but now we yeah, did the driven <laughs> we, we are uh, you know, yeah 100 man that's exactly what we are we're data driven right yeah. oh, there you go on the money so yeah they're, they're the main things i see we're seeing no no that that's great and I, and i think that's kind of validates the approach that a lot of organizations that, that they want to start or step into cyber um search you know pen testing is the first thing that comes into mind and you know do you and the regulation plays uh, the regulator plays a lot of part in this i think in the cybersecurity education what they feed yeah. into fundamentally in the regulation you need to have a pen test you need to have your security thing your your security perimeter assessed and so on and so on i mean NIST and iso you know they all mention about some level of cybersecurity training some standard security mm-hmm. education and then fundamental organization are reacting in that sense. But in the broader spectrum, do you see any pocket of, you know, any difference from your side of the world and our side of the world? And I, I forgot to introduce that Tinesh has actually moved to Australia and we'll cover that part uh, in a little bit. But between Australia world and Europe, have you seen, do you see any pocket of difference? Um, or it's pretty much widespread the search yeah i think it's a global same same <laughs> you know I, I i thought there would be differences but actually as i'm talking to uh the vendor community here and also i've been quite lucky to be introduced very quickly into some of the practitioner side and some very influential cso's and, and cso's of large companies over here very similar challenges here um, around you know um, those things I've mentioned, but equally I I, I got introduced to um, a very large company in the Philippines a couple of weeks ago, and I was talking to their CISO, their group CISO, and if you look at his challenges, they are identical <laughs> uh, to I mean pretty much could have been anywhere in the world, right? So I think at an enterprise level for sure the the, the challenges and the problems are the same. You know they're to do with uh, cyber consulting, they're to do with uh, governance and being driven by governance or some kind of regulation, as you say, uh, and then how we, how do we deliver that, as well as then the technology stack which underpins it, right, and, and what technology we use. One thing I have noticed, though, is the further east you go, um, technology providers aren't so prevalent there, they're not so landed, so mm. they're the, 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 the companies who are looking to kind of buy this stuff or, you know, Help get this technology to help them it's just not there so they're relying still on those big household names that you and me will know right. i'm not going to drop any of them. i'm going to plug any of them today um, but they're relying <laughs> on them, right um which is painful because there are 
I mean, listen, they're all beautiful. <laughs> they're all beautiful. Every vendor is beautiful, but it's painful for me to see because obviously, you know, there's so many unique and niche providers out there, service providers as well, who, like I said, bring in innovation and cost efficiencies, who could lend themselves really well to helping that company out there, but they're just not there. They just don't have a footprint. I there. guess. And I, I guess that the the market is a little bit less, it's a bit more virgin in in uh, Asia and it's, it's a bit more focused and regional. I mean, Europe and US are kind of similar, English version, you know, technology version, but uh, Asia Pacific is a completely different market together with, you know, Middle East and Africa. They're, they're, they're so different and that's probably why um, understanding how to approach clients and how to go there is very challenging and that's that's why i i usually in in my mentorship i recommend to to this um startup to partner up with big names even though they get a bigger cut but then they know the market they know the people and that there is that concept of proxy trust that unfortunately we have to deal with uh at, at the very beginning of the stage because nobody if you're a startup nobody knows you unless you're in jenny and then everybody else will know you <laughs> Yeah, it's a really good point you raise because I've got I'm presented with an opportunity to work with this this company in the Philippines and there's no way my little company is going to make it onto any one of their PSL channels or yeah. you know anywhere on their books. So I'm I'm going to have to partner with a big SI. And do I want to do that? Not really. Um and not for any other reason that I just don't think they they don't bring the value right that we, we can bring directly and also there's a it's another layer within the supply chain which you have to well we don't have to manage them yeah, but you know the, the customers to manage them so it, it's an interesting one but I, i i do think there's some great companies out there who you know they had a bit more footprint out and i get it man trying to set up a company in in a in even in australia as i'm doing right now is a learning curve for me you know you know in the uk we just set up a company we go to companies you know writing formations or whatever and for 9.99 you can set up a company right i wish yeah. it was that simple over here it's not right it's, it costs proper money and takes a bit of time so it's those kind of challenges you have as a, a as a company owner and i'm sure the vendors have similar challenges do we do we not invest out there yeah and that's i think it's, it's the growth pain of startup a lot of startups say we operate globally but then you have you face the challenge that you actually need to be foot on the ground in specific markets uh unless you're a SaaS company and a SaaS business but even in that case you need yeah. to you need to know people locally you need to go to you need to have the marketing person that goes out there and you need to have a presence and all those logistics elements if you if you don't have experience with big corp or other stuff are overlooked and that's why i think a lot of startup kind of struggle and fail from the initial you know five ten clients into scaling and growth or into a global expansion and kind of crumble upon but maybe yeah, on I... covering on that aspect um because me and you we had experience in, in enterprise but maybe for smaller startup do you see and think that accelerator play a good role in this with advisors and other stuff or what are in your opinion the key things that um a cybersecurity startup or a startup in general could use in their advisory board or in the accelerator yeah space? that's a really good question you know talking to lots of startups um you're absolutely right a lot of these startups first off um you know they're founded by technical engineers and these engineers sometimes they, they have never worked for 
a large corporate or any corporate for that matter, right? They, they, they maybe they're sort of second, second gig out of the traps and they've, they've come up with this really cool idea and they've started this company. All of a sudden they're in the throes of a, uh, of a, of a, a sales. Rat race. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and the challenge they have is they don't understand the processes and the governance that is often associated with, these corporate companies, you know, you, you have to have certain procurement will get involved, and there's certain things and certain criteria you have to you you have to meet to just to get onboarded on the PSL. Uh, other things which they may not tell you, for example, that you know if you're sub two years old, we're talking we work with a massive insurance broker, insurance company, not broker, big one in the UK, and anything sub two years, they won't any startup sub two years, they won't even look at. Right. Yeah. So, so you know, how if you how are you supposed to know that if you're a startup, you know, you're you're so excited about your product <laughs> and getting it out. There. How are you supposed to know these things? You don't know these things. Secondly, you know, um, that there's revenue challenges sometimes. If you're the if they're your first big customer, that's a risk for them as well, right? Um, right. I, recently, I got told I, I can't remember who I was talking to, but somebody was talking to me and they were saying their startup was perceived to be an acquisition risk. So. You know, they may get struck off because they're seen as an acquisition risk that you know somebody bigger will come along and swallow them up and change their their, their service offering completely, and that's a challenge for mm-hmm. these um, um, large enterprises who are thinking of procuring these services. And these are just a few. So we understand these because we've been in the industry forever, both sides as suppliers and as well as uh, the, the the buyers, if you will. Provider. And uh, provide it absolutely, but if you if you've never had any exposure there, and you come from a technical engineering mindset, you've got to bring on a CRO, so a chief revenue officer, or a sales director, or sales manager, somebody who has got experience, somebody who understands the landscape, but somebody who also practically is not going to come on the in your company and just go out there and boil the ocean and hit everybody because that's not going to work either, right? You know, yeah. you really have to focus. I, we've learned this, right? I've certainly learned this over the last twelve months, especially is, you know. There's, there's a lot of global enterprises out there uh, from a, 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 a company side, but there's thousands of vendors out there. Where do I start? I'm not going to hit nine and a half thousand vendors. You know, I'm going to focus on <laughs> 10%, 20% of them and a mixed bag, right? And, and, and then similarly with the enterprise clients, I'm not going to go and hit 2,000 global companies. I don't have the manpower, you know, to be able to do that. And if I did, I would need a little army of salespeople to do this who Kind of understand what we do and that takes time training energy and more importantly it takes money so these are all the things which as we both know uh yes. are, are challenges for us right when we're growing this episode is brought to you by the generosity of appsec phoenix limited appsec helps startups and enterprises solve complex software security problems by using smart data aggregation and complex machine learning software Discover how AppSec Phoenix helps CISO and developers remove friction and maximize the use of DevSecOps professionals at www.appsecphoenix.com. AppSec Phoenix is the new and smart dev-first way to manage your software vulnerability. Follow the tag, hashtag AppSecSmart. And I think you touch on a, on a very interesting point that a lot of uh, a lot of organizations are started by um, either the the engineer that, that has a great idea and that's fantastic because that's get initial seed found, that's get initial traction. But then when you start probing effectively the uh, uh, the full management team, then the question of how you're going to scale, how you're going to sell, who your 
who your sales target. If you don't have those things nailed down, uh, then you get uh, you get stuck. You get stuck with uh, with growth because maybe you sold uh, to ten clients that are small, medium enterprise, or maybe your your old uh, organization where your product came from, and then you get stuck because. As you said, uh, size of the company, partnership, growth, you know, enterprise, you know, and maybe a good story uh, while talking with another CRO was um, the probability of closure. You know, when you start a company, the first customer say, your product is great. In your mind, you think, you know, I'm going to sell the hell out of this product. You know, it's done. But there is further away from truth. So one exercise we've done probably in the past was actually resizing the opportunity of closure. And uh, funny enough, until the procurement hit, and even in the procurement, the probability of closure is around 60-70%. So up until that point, uh, we actually been very conservative. And even when doing demo, when people were saying it's great, it was only 30% of pos- uh, probability of closure. And you only learn this by going through the rope, I think, and experiencing the pain point, the procurement, legal, compliance requirements. You rightfully say, you might sell everything, and then the company say no because you don't have this certification, you don't have this legal requirement, you're not big enough. You know, You might have the perfect product for the perfect company, but if you don't experience this. And this is a, a little bit, I think, what the good accelerator brings in if they have a good advisory board or if you have a good advisory board or, uh, in our case, if you have uh, as well the, the, the mentorship group. And I think Mastermind and Mentorship Group are massively overlooked uh, here. I don't know if you saw them a little bit more in Australia, uh, but I think they, they helped me and us massively because we could brainstorm ideas and kind of feed through each other experience as a friendly way, kind of a friendly environment. So how, how do we stimulate organization to, to, to open up a little bit more and start up to collaborate in the absence of accelerator in your yeah, idea? It's a, it's, 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 a, it's a good question. Um, you know, we, we, we've been thinking about this as a company. How can we help vendors get, um, and especially sort of young vendors or younger vendors who have very cool services and products led with innovation, you know, bringing automation, cost efficient, all those things, which a lot of you guys are now. And how do we get those in front of um, um, enterprises? Right. Because we have access to both. And we're thinking about that right now. Over Christmas, you know, me and me and my CTO, who you know very well, um, and we're, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be brainstorming some ideas. So I've got a few. I'm not going to share them with you completely right now because I don't want to give away the crown jewels. But I've got a few things which I'm sure I'm going to bring to you first for sure, <laughs> right? And, and and these are ways to get the user community more connected, even closely, without you know, without any expense. To be fair, if we can. Right? right on both sides it's just a time thing because that's that's where the market needs to be we are a strong community and we, we do need to support each other and i just think there's because there's so many um there's also vendors who are slightly more mature they have sales functions who kind of go out there and sell a dream and sell a story but really doesn't reflect the product <laughs> right in the right, right way and they they kind of heart they harm the rest of the market and i think that's the challenge and then you you do that a few huh? You do that 20, 30, 40, 50 times, you can imagine the the, the CISO or the analyst or the procurement head, they're going to get a little bit ruffled and they, they start building up these defense walls and they're not interested in talking to us, right? So we're, we're, we're thinking about some ideas how to bring them together. Of course, these accelerators you mentioned are a good way to get people together. But 
you have to get onboarded with these accelerators. And that's the other thing. That in itself right. is a criteria, right? You know, we, we, we've tried a few times and we've been rejected and it's, 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 it's quite you know, it's quite heartbreaking, you know, because you think, hold on, you know, we're, we're not, I'm not even a technical solution. <laughs> we're, we're not even a technical company, right? <laughs> you know, we're an intelligence platform, you know, we can help you. Um, but, you know, we all get rejection. And that word no still gets me every time. But those, you know, we are part of that. We're part, I think we're both part of the same cyber one yeah. way, aren't we? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, once you do get onboarded and there's these strong communities that can help you with investment tracks or um, sales tracks or marketing tracks or whatever it may be, and we can learn off each other. We're fortunate that we have our own external group, you and I, but, you know, it, it, it's very, very helpful to be able to learn from our peers. But equally, I think it's more important to be able to learn from the actual users and buyers of our product. It's their feedback mm-hmm. we want, really. You know, uh, because I will say to you, yours, your product's great. And then you'll say, no, no, your product's great. And I'll say that yours is great. But actually, you know, we're just kind of the, going the, around the in the first past. Client, the first client comes in and say, your product is shit. Yeah, yeah, right. hundred percent, right. So then we get on that first. And I'm asking my friend. Yeah, yeah. But all my friends said it's great. Right, exactly. So that we're working on something right now. I'll, I'll, I'll bring that to you next year. And I'm, you're definitely first on my radar. But you know, and I think you guys will like it. We've got we've got a couple of ideas as we always have, and um, with with this kind of stuff. And it, there is a, there is going to be some workarounds to bringing you guys even closer to the market, right? And getting some feedback and support from the from the the user community, which is what we all need more than anything else yeah. right now. Especially startup. But I want to touch on a point that you you you, you touched slightly, but I think it's very very key and important. That is. The concept of failure, the concept of you know the mental struggle that every startup founder goes through, and uh, the challenge that startup is from a mental perspective, from an emotional perspective, because you get through a grind, you get a lot of refusal, a lot, and you doubt yourself, yeah. you doubt your product. Uh, how do you how do you become a zealot on on defending your product, on defending or learning? Uh, who do you need to accept the feedback from, like, as we rightfully say, the clients uh, and what they want? Because everybody's going to have an opinion, but which opinion is actually worth your time and your emotional investment into? Yeah, and it's one of my favorite questions. Um, you know, I used to take on everybody's opinion, even my neighbor's opinion. <laughs> you know, when you start the game, you like listen to everybody like, yeah, yeah, you're right. It should be blue, not yellow, that type of, you know, simple stuff. But the reality is, you know, you, you, you can't take on everybody's opinion, number one, because otherwise it will just consume you and then it eats away. And then next thing, you know, like I'm quite open about this. You know, I, I, I had some anxiety attacks and I, I ended up in in, in, in in hospital a couple of times. Right. So not great in the beginning of my journey. And and it wasn't because of just the, the feedback I was getting from the market. It was a combination of things. You're alone. Mm-hmm. You're making tough decisions by yourself. Uh, you know, people are saying no from an idea perspective. They're poo-pooing the idea. Uh, investors are saying no. Um, you know, everybody just seems to be saying no. <laughs> you know, it's never yes. going to work. And, 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 and that can get you, you know, it can actually get you. Uh, so what happens is you wake up one day and you think, right, I'm not going to listen to anybody. <laughs> so then I went the opposite way. <laughs> I didn't listen to anybody. Uh, and, and I went about, went about doing this myself. But one thing I did have is I, I started this journey especially with uh, my platform journey with a co-founder. And that has been my biggest saving grace. You know, you, you know, Newman, he's Italian, he's passionate, he's young, he's bright, he's clever. He challenges me on everything, everything, whether it's commercial opportunity, the legals or something numbers. He's obviously, he's a smart economics guy, as you know, he's a, he's a 
mathematician Olympian for Italy. So very, very bright cookie. And when you've got someone like that by your side, you know, you've got someone to talk to. You've got someone to help yeah. you. Someone to sort of balance it out and say, there, there. It's not that bad. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter how old you get. You need someone to say, there, there. It's okay, man. Don't worry about them. What do they know? And actually, what do they know? <laughs> you know, um, and, and, and that's the other thing, right? You and me both know this. We've, we've had opinions and viewpoints from people who have never done anything apart from a day job, right? And, and, yeah. and of course, that journey is fine as well. You know, I, we did, we've all done it for 15, 16, whatever, hundreds of years. The reality is, unless if you've jumped off the cliff and, and, you know, spread your wings and try and spread your wings, and you've gone through all of those challenges that we face every single day, how much of your opinion really does matter to me? You know, sometimes people say something, but actually, that's a really good idea. And you're not even in the entrepreneurialism journey. And I think, you know what, you're right. Good, good, good chat. And I'll respect that opinion and I'll take it on board. And sometimes I've even delivered on it. But most yeah, of the time... Waiting, waiting opinion. Yeah, exactly. But most of the time, it will be people like you and us, right? Who are in the in the in the saddle every day, and different levels of us as well. You know, we've got people in our group who are much further ahead, and you know, they're they're closer to that dream, which is the exit or whatever that dream may be. <laughs> you know, that bazillion dollar company. As we call it. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It just makes me laugh. Now it makes me laugh when I hear all of this stuff. Right? Do I even want to do that, man? Um, and or versus the people who are slightly behind on the journey. I even respect, you know, they respect my opinion. I respect that. So now what we do for our own mental health and well-being, because we do take things personally, it's just the nature of who we are, um, is to just take everything with a pinch of salt and also know who the feedback's coming from, right? And of right. course, I'll look at that person and go, yes, 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 of course. Damn it, you're right. I never thought of that, which I did. <laughs> I had thought of it months ago, but, I, you know, <laughs> I, I just allow for it now because it's just not worth getting into a Along in, along no, and, and I think and I think that's 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 a very important point to weigh opinion and, and to seek opinion by by uh, sector because you know if you ask um, if you ask a sales guy opinion on I don't know the technology he's gonna have an opinion maybe mm. but is it worth your while uh, if you ask a client an opinion on your product or a potential client they're much more worthwhile. But if you ask a client your opinion on, on your technology roadmap of how you should grow, how you should sell, probably that's not the right person to ask that kind of question. And I think that's that's a little bit of the good rope that an accelerator brings or a community brings and ultimately trying the ropes and trying and as, as we all go, um, you know, failing, learning fast, failing fast, uh, getting back up. But uh, and try not to get let down too much. That um, if uh, I think the quote that I really love is, if your idea doesn't sound crazy to most of the people, it's not ambitious enough. <laughs> and I like that. And everybody says crazy is impossible. You can't do it until you do it, and then everybody jumps on the bandwagon, right? And 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 you know you've seen all of these these Insta posts and LinkedIn posts about you know people seeing the top of the. The, the triangle, you know, the iceberg where they see the success and, you know, the, 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 all the great stories associated with a successful entrepreneur. But the reality is it doesn't matter how successful you are, whether this is your first one, second or third or fourth time on this, you know, fourth time company you've taken out into the market. The reality is below the water, it's the same. You know, you've got yeah. challenges around finances, challenge around teams, trusting teams, delivery, product, marketing, sales, market, cult competitors. You know, we've got some 
a couple of tiny competitors coming into the market. Now, I say tiny, we're not that big ourselves, but you know, I like to think we're leading the way in what we do. But we've got some people coming into the market and they're, and they're using identical language. <laughs> Imagine that. It's not even they've tried to change the words. They've used exactly, they've literally gone to my website and copied the words and just put it in there. I think, at least get a copy person and change this stuff, right? So <laughs> you've got all these things you've got to think about every day. Um, and people don't see that. They just want to see the smiley, happy Tanesh on a beach, <laughs> right? You know, I think, posting I think around that's children, an important point. We, we don't talk enough about failure. VC don't talk enough about uh, yes. what work, what doesn't work. I saw, I saw a couple of VC actually doing the, the non-portfolio thing where they failed to invest and in, in how the company became great. But also, I think one good lesson that I got from from seeing other startups failing or or non succeeding or struggling in certain areas and pivoting and maybe failing to pivot was that it's the right people at the right time. It's 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 such a you might have the best product but not at the right time, or you might have yes. the best people but not the best product. You know, it's it's a it's, it's an extreme combination of, of, of factors, but resiliency, I think, amongst everything is what works. Because if you're a tank, if you're resilient, you're gonna get to that idea, you're gonna get to the right people, you're gonna get to the right investor, and it's just a matter of time, uh, and and resiliency. And you know, what what breaks a lot of startups is not being able to listen, not being able to uh, be resilient and not, not relying on itself. And as you rightfully say, you know, starting an organization with somebody that supports you, that is in your same journey is so critical, I think. And what, what I miss as a single founder, um, or, or I, saw, I saw my team crumbling, my team of founder crumbling across the, the first level of race and the first level of commitment. So that's, that's even more heartbreaking, but it's the resilience of, of going through and saying, you know, as you said, I'm going to build it myself. <laughs> and that's testament to you. You know, I, I'm, I remember we were talking about this and I do, I genuinely, I, I felt quite, it's soul crushing for you, man, because, you know, God forbid tomorrow if I lost any one of my, my senior people, especially my co-founder, you know, if, 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 if he fell apart on me or we fell apart on each other, it would be a struggle, you know, because we, we, you rely on these people. They are your, you know, your support mechanism on many, in many ways. It's not just about the company, is it? You become very, very good friends as well. You know, I, 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 I hope yeah. my wife doesn't listen to this podcast, but I think I speak more to Newman than I speak to my wife. If I'm honest, <laughs> you know, every <laughs> single day I'm speaking to Newman a lot, a lot, you know, and, and you become best buddies, you know, you share the ups and the downs, the positive in the company, the downs within the company. And if you don't have that mechanism or it crumbles around you, it could be even harder. I mean, it, I, I, can yeah. only, I can't even begin to imagine where you were, but, um, you know, you came through it so well. And, you know, here we are talking. And I can actually see your face. The others aren't, but you look happy and smiling. <laughs> yourself <laughs> anyway uh we're, we're on time and you know we, we can so we can do another podcast just on on telling <laughs> maybe a little bit of the stories and and the struggle because i think it needs to be out there uh, I, I want to do this because um i think enough startups see all the shiny unicorn and they think oh it's easy or everybody made it but they don't see the other you know, million of startups that they failed, they crumbled, or or why they did it. And I think that's much more valuable than seeing why somebody succeeded, but actually where are the pitfalls of failure 
And I think we don't talk enough about that. And definitely in the industry, uh, even in cyber, you know, what are the good lessons? We only talk about the good lesson, not the bad lesson, like the data breach or why something went wrong. Mm. You know, we don't talk enough about that because, I don't know, it's a little bit of cultural celebration. And that's a little bit of my rant at LinkedIn that we celebrate only success because it's sexy, mm. it's cool, it's good for mm. marketing. We don't celebrate failure. I don't think we should celebrate failure in itself because that would be you know, a little bit bad, but we should celebrate failure when you have a plan for it. And that's, that's, a, that's, we celebrate lesson learned. Do you know, I, that's I, I my positive I, message. Yeah, it's, it's a great positive message. And I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. In fact, I wish people would, I think if people did celebrate, uh, failure in the way you're saying, you're right. Um, it would actually be seen as a motivator, and it's a positive message, and it's encouraging people because it shows people that hey, it's not all perfect and rosy, but you can fail fast, get up and get on with it, right? And it shows mm-hmm. resilience. And and I think it's just a society thing as well. You know, different. One one thing I'm learning yeah. about being out here in Oz, it's a completely different mentality to, you know, <laughs> demonstrating success. That only if you if you there's a there's a word for it here. I can't even remember what it's called, but there's a term for it. If you they don't want you to be, they want they don't want you to show your too successful and in america yeah. it's completely the opposite man it's like yeah man you got out of bed this morning let's celebrate that <laughs> you know what i mean even the littlest thing so i love those different cultural nuances but i do believe that globally you know especially on the forms that we're big communities like linkedin and so on where there are a lot of people watching and listening and hearing what people do we should celebrate both you're you're right in fact i'm going to do a bit more of that next year thank you all right, brilliant. Let, 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 let's do that. That's a promise for, for next box there. But Tina, sure. thank you so much uh, for your time. If anybody want to follow you, see where you are in your journey, uh, see where Jenny is, where they can find you and when they can find Jenny. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm pretty much, I'm only really on one social channel, which is LinkedIn. <laughs> I did try Twitter, but I didn't have the time to talk or tweet, or whatever it's called. So yeah, look, I'm on LinkedIn under Tinesh Chaya. Um, there's only one of me, thank God. Uh, that's enough, I think. And yeah, please connect, message me, you know, follow me, whatever. It would be great. And where they, get, where they can find Jenny? Uh, Jenny is at, uh, it's a portal at the moment. It's uh, at www.decyphercyber.com. So decyphercyber.com, it's a bit of a mouthful. Um, and it, even if you Google Decipher Cyber or Jenny, luckily we're coming up there now. And uh, soon enough, <laughs> I want it to be just Jenny, which would be awesome. Cyber and Jenny comes up. So yeah, there's many ways you can find us. And, yeah, Fantastic. And I think you have also a recent app on the App Store, right? We, we, we do, we do. We've uh, with Jenny version two coming out on the portal um, as a business intelligence platform. As with all of these things, you know, we came up with the portal first. The apps do need to follow. So thank you for that. <laughs> thank you for that. I do appreciate the, the plug. Um, but people listening, please don't go there just yet because, you know, it, it's still on J- Jenny version one. Newman, if you're listening, you know, we've got some work ahead. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> uh, but yes, absolutely. Visit, visit us anywhere you want. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Dinesh. Thank you for your time. Thank you, man. It was good. And everybody, stay safe. Take care. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcast and post it on social media tagging Cybersecurity Cloud Podcast for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Discover other episodes at www.cybersecuritypodcast.com.